Welcome back to Every Time I Choose. My name is Ellie Nelson and I invite you to connect with your voice as you witness me connecting with mine. So today is going to be the last episode in this little, little tiny, cute little um, <laughs> mini-series um, that's been Intuition, where I've just been talking about um, my experience with intuition and how it plays into how I make decisions or don't make decisions. And um, today I'm going to finish this topic out by taking it like a slightly di different direction in that I'm not really talking about decisions, but um, I'm still telling stories because that's, I guess, what I like to do here, which is a good thing to figure out because I think that's like what most of my episodes have been on, which is like the purpose of this podcast. Okay, anyways, <laughs> so the story for this episode um, starts again when I was in college. Honestly, the story has roots in the same places as the other stories I've talked about in this series, specifically the course one, because the, the MLK course that I took, that I decided to take um, my freshman year, actually ended up um, giving me the connections to one of my professors, and that professor turned into <laughs> my, so I ended up being a research assistant for her, and the research grant that she got was through Oxford University. So because I got that research grant, because I took that class, or well, I didn't get the grant, but I I was like researching under somebody who got the grant. Anyways, because of that, um, I actually got a scholarship to go do a study abroad program at Oxford. And that is where we are entering scene today. So... <laughs> Today, not really. Okay, I think it is about intuition. I've been struggling with this a little bit. Um, like, what's the difference between intuition and just, like, general, like, divine guidance or you could call it luck or whatever you want um, when it kind of comes down to, like, you happen to be at the right place at the right time? I personally can see how, like, the idea of intuition um, plays into that, but when I usually think about intuition, I typically think about making like conscious decisions, but I feel like it can play into the decisions that you're making that are like a subconscious, like the d decision to be here at this time or to get up and go to the bathroom at this time. Like I think those can also be intuitive. Um, even though you're not like consciously thinking like, okay, yeah, I'm, um, should I go to the bathroom now or later? Let me like listen to my intuition. Like you, I feel like you don't necessarily need to have the intent to listen to intuition to actually be doing that. And I think another way to look at that is just like divine guidance, um, where there's something a little bit outside of you in some sort of way, or maybe inside of you, that's like guiding you somewhere, um, which I think is really cool. So I was a junior in college and I was heading out of the country for my, for the very first time. I was completely, um, 
by myself. My mom dropped me off at the airport and said, see you at the end of the program. <laughs> and I wouldn't meet any of the other students that were in the program until I was in Oxford, um, or at least in the UK. Um, and this was also the very first time I'd ever flown by myself and the very first time I had ever been outside of the U.S. So this was like a pretty big pivotal um, like day for me, I'm like doing all of these big things that were like super exciting and also I was like terrified. Um, but in hindsight, like I probably could have been a lot more scared than I was, but I didn't need to be scared. It all, it all, it all worked out. So my mom dropped me off at the airport and I, you know, get on this flight, fly across the ocean, <laughs> like struggling to read all of my materials that I hadn't finished yet. I'm like, yeah, I can finish these on the plane. No, there's like five textbooks that I was supposed to read beforehand and I didn't get to them all, but that is um, heavily besides the point. So I... The flight was fine, you know, I had fun like watching the little airplane go across the screen. It was the first time that I flew in an airplane that was big enough um, to have one of those like airplane trackers on the, the headset like that's um, in the chair in front of you. Um, and we landed, I got off, everything was good and I, I um, had been in airports so I was like slightly comfortable and luckily it was, everything was like in English. Um, or at least there was, it were English translations, like, that were the first ones, because I was in England, um, and we were at Heathrow, so it was a huge airport, and I just tend to kind of, like, follow crowds in an airport, and I'm not saying that's the smartest idea, but, like, that, it's, it's always worked for me. I just, like, find, well, this is mostly getting off, but, like, I usually find one person that was on my flight with me, and that looks like they know what they're doing and I follow them and they almost always take me to baggage claim. So that's my hot tip for navigating airports. Um, it is a, a potentially a, a flawed system. Yes, I recognize this. Anyways, besides the point, again, I am off the plane and I'm standing in this like a really long line where they need to check um, some of my documents. Like it's my passport and my basically like the the letter saying why I was there, like that I was participating in a program um, for school and all this stuff. And all right, I got through that. That was, I'm kind of like nervous, but happy I'm here, a little bit sleep deprived. And then to follow some people to baggage claim. <laughs> and I'm standing by the little like I don't know what you call them. You know, the little shoots that your suitcase comes up. Those, like, turnstile things. And I'm waiting for my bag. And some girl who is, like, significantly taller than me, I've never seen her before, um, walks up behind me and is just like, Hey, are you are you going to the Vines? <laughs> uh, and I turn around. I was like, uh, Yeah. The Vines is like the house, um, the name of the house that we were, that we were all supposed to stay at in the program. She's like, oh, I, I saw your like letter when you were standing in line and I have the same one. Are you in the Skio program? And I was like, um, yes. And she's like, oh my God. 
gosh, me too. So I just like made a friend at the baggage claim <laughs> and I was like, okay, sweet. We like started talking. We hit it off. Hit it off. We were like um, instant friends. I mean, the circumstances were very favorable to make friends. So, so we're like, okay, cool. I didn't even have my suitcase yet and I had already made a friend in London. So that was really fun and very helpful because then we went to like the foreign exchange little counter and got money and we got both of our bags and then we had, um, I still had a two hour bus ride to get from London to Oxford. So I like would have had to do that alone and now all of a sudden just because of where I was placed in that line to get my documents checked, like the fact that the right person was right behind me, I now didn't have to do any of that alone. So we got on the same bus together, we sat by each other, we were like talking about the program, we're all excited and like asking um, each other questions, <laughs> like, do you know what we're doing? Or, you know, all of those, those sort of things. And then, okay, passed by two hours on a coach bus and I, like the night before, had figured out that, okay, where the bus is going to drop me off, I'm still going to have to get like... I don't know, I don't remember how far it was, but I was like, okay, I'm going to need to get like a taxi or a cab or something. Um, I will mostly figure it out when I get there. That was kind of like my plan. <laughs> and I knew that I had like a couple hours to kill before I could sign into the house. Um, and I had my giant suitcase. So I was like vaguely knew of an idea of a place I could check my suitcase for a couple hours if I needed to. But like literally going into the flight, that was the, the most concrete plan that I had was like maybe a taxi, maybe check my bag. You have Google Maps, you'll figure it out. Um, maybe that was, uh, you know, a little bit too loose of a plan. But honestly, if I would have planned any like more intensely, it it wouldn't have mattered because of where the story is going. Okay, so me and new friend get off the bus. I, like, tell her about this um, suitcase checking place that I found on the internet the night before. She's like, okay, yeah, that's a good idea. So we, like, are pulling out our Google Maps where we just got in this new city. Neither of us have been there. It's, like, these small cobblestone streets and, like, that are lined with like the brownstone buildings and it kind of feels like we're in a movie and just everything is like really exciting and scary and we still don't really know each other but we're like walking down alleyways in between these these brownstones with our big suitcases behind us so we're like at least I was very glad that I was not doing that alone um and so we we were going to check our bags and we had and then we had also planned um, some little coffee shop that we could hang out at. Okay, so this is us. We're walking down the cobblestone streets, towing our giant-ass suitcases, um, and all of a sudden, we hear, like, okay, I'm not gonna use their real name, but, like, Allie. Say my friend's name is Allie. 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 And I'm looking around, I'm like, what the heck? Does somebody know you here? And we turn around and this other girl who like, I don't remember the connection. I think they went to school together, recognized the person that I had found at the airport and had walked out of this building to like come call our names in the middle of the street. Oxford is not a small town. Okay. <laughs> 
for her to like see us recognize the friend and it it was it was like shocking like how nobody knows us here we don't even know each other um so we we start talking to her and we realize that yep okay she's there for the program she'd actually been there for like a, a whole week before so she kind of knew the lay of the land she was at a coffee shop um with her mom that just so happened to be right next to the Airbnb that they were staying at. So instead of us going and paying to check our bags, we went into this new friend's house that we just happened to walk down the right street. And we got a place to store our suitcases. We like got a place to wash our faces and like freshen up after being in the airport. And then we got to go and like sit in this little coffee shop with her and her mom and hear about all the stuff that she had done like the whole week that she was there before us and like I you could not have I could not have planned that any better I knew nobody and within like two hours of being off of that airplane I had met two people and both of them had taken me to places that I wouldn't have been able to go like if I hadn't have found them that would have been could have been so much more stressful, but the just like the sheer amount of ease that I was experiencing in this whole cross um, ocean <laughs> trip thing was just incredible. So we it, it ends up like we all are just hanging out. We killed a couple hours, and then the three of us end up getting getting like an Uber to go check in the house and. We all checked in together. Nobody had to be alone. You know, it was just like, it was, it was perfect. Seamless. Literally could not have planned it better myself. And I feel like those are decisions that like I didn't consciously make. I didn't decide to be at that, to, to like strategically feel out my intuition for what line to stand in. I didn't strategically try to decide what street to walk down at what point and I had no control over when this other friend looked up from her coffee and saw us <laughs> walking you know so I'm like these these are for me perfect examples of like a hand of divine guidance of some sort or divine care um, that have have like shown up as gifts in my life in this experience that was already um a gift and a product of a what I would call like intuitive kind of decision which was amazing so amazing I like relive these things I'm like what how how is that even possible what are like the actual chances of that I have no idea but I would love to know if anybody is a statistics person you could like look it up for me <laughs> um yeah so intuitive decision maybe not still like felt very spiritual to me um and it it didn't there's a third part to this there there was a bunch of other cool things that happened um on this trip uh this program but another one that I would just wanted to share because I I can never forget about forget about it and this is I'm not going to tell the whole story in detail um <laughs> if you know me in real life and haven't heard this story and are curious ask me because I will tell you the full story and it's um 
I guess maybe I'll, I'll ruin it by telling what the, the little tidbits of it. Anyways, okay. <laughs> so it's about two weeks into the program. It's a month-long program. And I was studying in this cute little cafe and writing my paper. And I had finished up what I wanted to do for the day. So I had back, hopped back on my bike, which was my um, like main form of transportation while I was there. And I, um, you know, it was like a nice day. Everything was fine. It looked like I could have been in a movie. And I was biking and I crossed this like three-way intersection that was complicated, but I had been through it a bunch of times before, so like I wasn't nervous. Um, and as I was crossing through the intersection, I like merged in with another line of bikers. Um, so there's like one person ahead of me and a couple people behind me and we were all in a bike lane. Um, as we were supposed to be, I wasn't doing anything wrong. And the person in front of me was like biking pretty slow. And I, like, I was like, all right, whatever. I like, the bike ride was like 20 minutes ish to get back to the house that I was staying at. So I like, didn't really want to just take a leisurely bike ride and make it like 40 minutes. Um, so there was a point where the bike lane split in two. One, one side of it went up onto the sidewalk and the other one stayed going straight on the road. And I was like, okay, perfect opportunity. I'm not gonna be like rude and like pass this person, but I can go up on the sidewalk and then like set my own pace. And right as I was going onto the sidewalk, the tire on my bike hit the curb really funny and I um, ate it and I ate it hard and bad. <laughs> and um I fell flat on my face and I was a little bit bloody um some things were missing and I was in shock <laughs> completely in shock I had like a hole in my t-shirt um from how I'd fallen and it was not great um not great not great some lady walked up to me and asked if I was okay and I was just like um no <laughs> no I'm not okay and then this guy pulls over his car and like hops out and like asks he saw me he saw like the whole fall and he comes out and asks I'm okay and all these stuff and I'm like answering him but I like really don't know what's going on and turns out that this man that I probably crossed in front of the intersection and wa was watching me as I biked. He watched me fall. He got out. Turns out that he um, was actually, uh, he worked as a trauma doctor for years, like 20 years. And he was also a medical um, professor at Oxford, like an Oxford medical school. And he just like so happened to be the one to watch me fall. So that was great. I had like this like high caliber doctor helping me out on the side of the street. And that was amazing. He was asking me these questions. Well, it turns out one thing um, leads to another. And he's like, where are you from? I, in my in my little dazed stupor, say Minneapolis, <laughs> as if we're in the United States and he knows where Minneapolis is. He might have, but like that is not what he was asking me. He's asking me like where I was living, and <laughs> after I 
told him I was like not from here. Um, it's like, oh, I'm actually like living at the Vines, which like also it usually is probably not helpful. <laughs> the Vines is like the name of the house and not the address. Turns out he's like, oh, is that that like student program, you know, like house? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, I actually live like right next to there. And it's like, oh, that's nice. He's like, do you, do you want me to just like put your um, bike in the back of my car and I can drop you off? Like, it's kind of a hike. It would have been like, an hour probably to walk my bike back because um, my handlebars were all screwed up and didn't really feel like biking at that point so I would have had to like walk an hour so um should I maybe have been a little bit nervous about this guy maybe perhaps perhaps was he um would he have like thrown me in the car and kidnapped me and I would be on the news perhaps but you know what I just had a really good feeling about him. He seemed really nice. <laughs> and so I obliged. I said, yes, I would love that. And he threw my crumpled up bike. Okay, crumpled is an exaggeration, but like the handlebars were twisted, okay? And a little bit scratched. So he threw my crumpled up bike in the back of the trunk. And I got in the passenger side of the car, which was on um, the left side of the car time which so that was trippy and his daughter ended up being in the back so like that made me feel a little bit better it could have been somebody else that he just kidnapped but it wasn't anyways <laughs> he drives me back to the vines and he's like gives me names of like dentists to go see doctors to go see <laughs> he's like telling me that I probably don't need stitches and like just giving me all the, all the whole rundown and for me being in a foreign country, this could have been a whole lot more messy um, if I didn't have this doctor just like appear out of thin air for me that just happened to know where I lived and like happened to, I don't know, there was like some other crazy connections that I actually don't remember, but I just remember walking away and be like, whoa, who was that guy? Was he real? Did I just imagine that? No, I didn't because I definitely didn't bike back to the, the house. But um, anyways, that's an unfortunate situation. But in the same light, I had no control over who I was passing by, who would stop and help me. And the fact that this, this like overqualified person was the one to see me and help me and actually take really good care of me and felt made me feel really safe and like um grounded and like I was confident that I knew I could take care of the wounds and there were wounds on my face yeah <laughs> um and I cannot take any credit for that like, that is something that was not my decision, and the only thing that I can account it to is either good luck or some divine hand of, you know, I keep saying guidance, but I'm just going to keep saying guidance because it could, I, whatever, you can use whatever word you want for it. Um, but those are the stories in my life where I'm like, you know what? Those things happened and I had no control over it, but I was still operating in them and I was still taken care of and it it's stories like these that um, 
helped me take a little bit of pressure off of me trying to figure out my life and figure out all the tiny little details because at the end of the day, some of the best things that have happened to me, some of the most fortunate things that have happened to me, I had absolutely no um, plan for. I did not expect them. I didn't know that I wanted them until I already had them. Um, which is a huge privilege. Even the privilege to be able to go here was amazing. Um, yeah, so hopefully this is like making sense as to how it connects with um, intuition. This is the last, like I said, the last episode in our little three-part series. Um, so actually, I just wanted to leave the series right here and ask, um, leave you with some questions to think about, um, to, like, maybe think about intuition in your own life a little bit. These are questions that help me and help me feel a little bit more clear and grounded and just aware in general, and there are actually, um, practices that I've learned that can help you um, kind of identify like that intuitive um, voice if you're interested in that DM me or yeah DM me or probably google them but anyways um, if you think back to a decision that you've made that felt remotely intuitive um, I was actually talking to one of my um, biggest podcast supporters, <clears throat> shout out to Andra um, here, uh, about this, and think back to like decisions that you made that may have felt intuitive in hindsight, and even maybe weren't consciously intuitive in the moment, but in those decisions, in those settings in your life, what did your body feel like? Did you feel calm, scared, quiet, overwhelmed, powerful, bold, confident, um, gentle? Did you, did you feel a sense of warmth or tingling or um, um, anything just think back to to that moment in time and try to like map on your body what what was happening um, and maybe it was like what I talked about in um, the one of the last intuition episodes where my mind was just racing my body was full of anxiety and um, even through all of that I still made the best decision for me decision decision for me um so I guess in that in that line what was this your state of mind like were you anxious was it spinning was it calm were you happy what was your mood like um what were what was the energy you were operating out of um for me walking down that street in Oxford my body felt excited and I felt light and um, free and um, kind of like I was floating, you know, like I was living in a dream. 
and but at the same time I felt calm and my mind was not in a state of panic at all I was in a state of awe I would say and just like couldn't believe that I was there I was felt very in the moment um looking at the buildings and trying to like take it all in and I was operating out of energy that was just I would I would literally just say I was I was in awe um, I wasn't trying to figure anything out, even though some may say that I should have been and that I got lucky. Um, that that would also probably be a fair assessment. Um, but I, that's not where I was coming from. I was genuinely just like happy to be where I was and trusted that I would figure out how to get to this random house in the next few hours. Um, and I had already had somebody with me, so I was already at a, a sense of had a sense of ease um, there. But yeah, if you think about any of the questions, let me know what you think, what you think about the stories. This is getting a little bit longer than I normally do with my solo podcasts. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna peace out here, but thanks for listening to the podcast, to this little series. Um, I'm so happy that people listen to this podcast. It is so fun for me to make and it feels like a privilege to be able to like share my voice and express myself in this way and I have so much fun doing it even though it's just me sitting in here dreaming about my own little worlds. Um, and I love inviting people into that. So thank you for being here. I have some new ideas that will be popping up soon. The next episode that comes out will be a little bit different, which is exciting. Okay, on that note, bye. Thanks for listening. I love you.